So you and I, we open a Warhammer-themed restaurant and we're sitting down. We're trying to decide what we're going to serve, what we're going to put on the menu. Here's what I've come up with so far. Okay, we've got some breakfast cereal. We're going to go with corn flakes. That's K-H-O-R-N-E flakes. Okay, corn flakes. Um, going to put a couple of starters on the menu. We're going to have a nice bowl of cullen skink. Cullen skink, see? Uh, we're going to also do the blood bowl of soup. Right? You with me so far? A couple of main courses for you. Okay, get ready for this one. Tomb King Prawn. Tomb King Prawn. Uh, we're going to also have a Norse Scampi and Chips. For Norse guy, you know, the, the Norseman, the Chaos guys. Um, and finally, some dessert. We're going to sit down to a nice Empire Biscuit. I'll get my coat. How you doing? It's the Tabletop Miniature Hobby Podcast. Uh, my name's Matthew and sorry about that intro there. It was just, it was something I was thinking about a while ago. One of the, like, you know, when you're awake at three in the morning and uh, your mind for some reason goes to weird stuff like that instead of the more serious stuff in life. Um, or just sleep, you know, like a normal person might do at that time of day. But um, just want to give a quick shout out to this episode's sponsor, which is, of course, Games Workshop. So you've possibly never heard of Games Workshop before. They're a very small miniature war games company based out of Nottingham in England. And uh, before I go any further, I'll probably end up getting sued that the episode isn't actually sponsored by Games Workshop. I'm just having a bit of a laugh um, again. So, uh, yeah, the, the sponsorship run that we did with Midlum, I really enjoyed that. Midlum Miniatures, thank you so much for partnering with us on that um, I just really wanted to say that we are open now to discuss other sponsorship opportunities with cool and interesting uh, services or companies or anything like that so you know if you're on something and uh, you're interested in potentially sponsoring a future episode or two of this very podcast please reach out to me you'll find all the contact details that you need at bedroombattlefields.com forward slash contact Right then, what's on the painting table at the moment? What's just coming off the painting table at the moment? Let's just take a wee look at that over here. Uh, again, Joy's audio, I do this every episode, don't I? You can't really tell where I am and I probably don't need to, to shine a light on that at all. But I'm just looking over at the latest miniatures that I've just finished up and I'm waiting to just put a wee bit of varnish on them. So we've got a... Let's pick this guy up. He's like a Chaos Lizardman. I think he was from Otherworld Miniatures, Tim Prow's gang. So this guy, he's got a, he's got no legs. He's like a, he's on a tail. He's doing pretty well to be erect, if that's the right word, in the the posture that he is, uh, just balancing nicely on that tail. Bit sort of, you know, gatory face, and he's got a big axe. He's got some nice armor and a nice big shield as well. Nice sort of chaos old hammery type shield. So. Yeah, nice and simple guy to paint. Nice quick paint job and uh, pleased with how he came out. So he'll he'll possibly take part in some future games as part of the sort of Chaos War band that I've, I've been putting together as well. That's the one that's led by Courtney Lovecraft, for what it's worth. Um, next up I've got, I think I mentioned these before in the show, some flies, some giant flies, because Joe McCulloch's games, they always demand a few flies here and there. Um, these, I think, I'm sure they're from Northstar, who obviously do the official range for a lot of these games, so 
yeah, these were cool. These were cool to paint. Nice and simple, nice and quick and simple. They're on the, the little stems that makes them look like they're flying. And uh, yeah, a bit of dry brushing and, and a couple of contrast paints. And that's all it took, really. And I'm I'm, I'm happy with the, the results. So looking forward to getting them on the table too. When I was wee, I had this book. It was one of the, you know, books for wee boys. Wee boys are weird, aren't they? And uh, it was this sort of like make your own monster food or like creepy food or stuff like that and it was like you know if you want to make flies that you can eat because why wouldn't you uh what you do you get raisins and you put um cornflakes in the side of them for wings that's that's the second mention of cornflakes on this episode very random that but uh yeah and that wee book it was it was a great wee book you know eat your own flies make your own flies and eat them uh we're no at any point uh dealing with the question of why might you want to do this? But I did, I did. I was the target audience, and uh, yeah, I munched away on those those wee flies. But uh, I won't be eating these ones. Certainly, that'd be a, a bit sore when they came out the other end. A uh, couple of couple of other miniatures that I've just finished up. Former sponsor of the show, Midlam Miniatures. I've always got a couple of Midlam Miniatures on the go. Got this little ranger character. She is going to be part of the, the gang for the next scenario of Rangers of Shadow Deep that we play. That'll be Blood Moon. I think her name's Orla or something like that. I'd need to dig out the book again, but I needed a character to play her. So really happy with how she came out. And I've got a little jester as well. Little jester. Uh, very happy wee chap. He's got a... I don't know what the thing jester's hold is called. It's like a, a bat on with a face that looks a bit like his hat, it's in the same shape, and it's got little ribbons on it. So I'm not sure, like, when when you're a, when you are a medieval jester, this is obviously a, an essential part of your toolkit, but I don't know the name for it. So I don't really know how he'll fit into my plans, it's probably just a bit of a fun character. I always like to include a few characters and in, in the warbands in the games that we play that's just there for, you know, a bit of a laugh. Uh, he's got a funny name and he's pretty useless and he's the, the type of character that you want to throw into really dangerous situations and just see if he could somehow pull something off and almost never they, they can. Uh, they usually end up pretty dead, pretty dead after the game. So yeah, little jester guy, um, going to put pictures of these up on the site as usual at bedroombattlefields.com so fire over there when you're ready and get a wee look and uh, yeah you could think to yourself this guy he's not a great painter I'm much better than him I should start my own website and my own podcast and I'd be better at all of those things than him and to be honest you'd, you'd have a point anyway um, next up for me again more Blood Moon stuff I've got these giant wolves to paint I've got one of them is sitting here completely unpainted. I've based them because I do that. You know, I base all the miniatures first before I even spray the, the base coat on them. So those giant wolves that I've got, I'm sure they, in fact, I'm not sure at all. I don't know why I said that. They potentially come from North Star, but they possibly don't. And I'm going to have to go back and check and probably correct myself on the next episode. I've also got a werewolf from whichever company it was, North Star, I don't know. But you need two werewolves. So to get my secondary werewolf, I'm back on uh, otherworldminiatures.co.uk. By the way, I've had a complete shocker, haven't I? Because I credited them as being Tim Prowse Company earlier on. Tim is diehard miniatures, and that's where I got the lizard guy. Having an absolute shocker here, sorry. Um, so back on Otherworld Miniatures to get this second werewolf. Uh, Grendel, 
from the Beowulf series. So yeah, he's a really cool big miniature. Obviously not an actual werewolf, just uh, would be a good proxy for one, I suppose. So looking forward to getting him painted up and uh, we'll be talking about that and, and no doubt showing him off in future episodes and future pictures on the website as well. Another thing that I'm going to stick some pictures up of on the site are my fancy expensive transportation carriers, my miniature transportation that I've uh, spent a lot of money investing in. Basically it's egg boxes, empty egg boxes with a bit of bubble wrap in them. So when we've been playing, when Robert and I have been going up and playing the, the recent games of Frostgrave and Rangers of Shadow Deep and that, and because most of my miniatures are metal as well and I'm really paranoid about chipping them, and I've found that these wee carry cases, they work really well. Um, it's just a pity that like their boxes are six, so it's it's good job we're doing skirmish war games basically. I just need to start eating more eggs, that's the bottom line. Like you could get the big crates of sixteen or even the huge big square ones that they, they buy for like, you know, if you're on a cafe or that. And again, going back to the start of this episode, I literally will be running a cafe when we, we open that Warhammer themed thing, that business. Um just obviously need to submit all my funding applications and stuff for that and also um, get a lawyer for the inevitable legal battle that'll ensue from that but if Games Workshop are going to sue me I actually have a a minor bone to pick with them Um, so I think I've mentioned this on the the podcast before but I'm I'm colourblind although the optician the last time I was there tells me the the correct term is colour deficient but I've always, I've always just referred to it as colourblind. Um, so I really struggle with certain colours, like reds and greens could confuse me a lot, uh, blues and purples could confuse me, and when you get into kind of dark, uh, you know, browns, greens, things like that, they, they really all blend into one for me. But I, uh, I recently picked up some of the new contrast paints. So I am a fan of the, the Citadel contrast paints. I've talked about them a lot before for my very basic limited painting and, and basically lack of time as well. I just find them tremendously useful for, for putting some semi-decent on the table. So I got some new ones recently because I, I heard that they'd um, released a bit of a new range. Let me just take a wee look at what I've got here. Um, we've got... So we've got Magma Droth Flame, we've got Gut Ripper Flesh, we've got Frost Heart, Azurman Blue, Dreadful Visage, Bad Moon Yellow, Rattling Grime, and Garax Sewer. So yeah, the, the, the problem really arose from those last two, Rattling Grime and Garax Sewer. I think I'm saying that right. I basically, I had to ask my wife what colour they were because I, th- I sort of thought that one or the other might be a kind of brown colour and the other one might be a kind of dark green, vice versa. But I really didn't know. I didn't know and I, I tried to do a bit of googling. I'm sure you could find that info somewhere, but I, I, I couldn't confirm it. So I had to just, um, and she knows obviously, I can't tell some colours, so it's not like some big weird embarrassing thing. But uh, yeah, she, I, I, to, to be honest, that was weeks ago and I've forgot now. I'll have to ask her again and just write with a Sharpie what actual colour they are. So I know that some of these, like, some of these paints do mention what colour they actually are. Like we've got a blue there, we've got a yellow there and it's quite clear about that. And I could also fortunately kind of tell with those, well, at least the yellow and the blue. If you told me it was purple, I might believe you. But um, I don't know if this is... This is probably not just a Games Workshop issue, is it? Um, 
as far as I know, if you go into the DIY shop, if you go into Homebase or that and buy some paint for your house, you know, the, the name of the paint that you buy, it might not be explicit in what colour it actually is. I know they give them all sorts of funny wee names and titles and stuff like that. But I would just really like it if when you bought paints from Games Workshop or from anyone else, there was just something on it that like specified, you know, this is a green, this is a dark brown, this is whatever. Because uh, when they, they give them these names, like it's a, it is an accessibility issue. And I'm not one of these people that's like whining about stuff like that. Uh, and I, I honestly don't tend to moan about this stuff at all. It's just a minor gripe that I, I had found there. And I thought, you know, seeing as they're going to sue me for this cafe that I'm opening, I might as well just uh, have a wee go at them. But uh, yeah, like I say, it's not going to just be them, is it? Like I'm, I'm almost certain that anyone else releasing paints doesn't always specify what colour they are either. So I get in touch about that, by the way. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Anyone else out there colour deficient? And uh, how do you kind of get around these things? Especially if you don't have a wife, because, uh, you know, she comes in handy for pretty much answering any sort of question that I've got about paints or life or otherwise. Speaking of my paints as well, I've got um, a lot of the, the hexagonal pots from when I was wee. I've still got a lot of them and I'm just not using them at all and it's such a shame. I really like the smell of them, it's, it's, it's really nostalgic. But um, I've got, I don't know how many pots, let's say, let's say 20, 20 of these hexagonal pots, all different colours and um, some of them are pretty full as well and it's just a shame that they're not getting used and I just, I don't see me using them in the near future because um, working with these paints is obviously much more of an art than just working with the contrast paints. And, you know, you've got your palette and you're, you're thinning it with the water and you're, you know, there's just, there's so much more skill to it. And it's something that I dabbled with briefly a couple of years ago. You know, I, I did some YouTube tutorials and stuff like that in the hope that I might be able to, to kind of, um, learn a wee bit and start to, to master it and then I'll, I always just found myself just using the contrast paints so it's pretty clear that that's just what I'm going to do and I'm totally happy with that but I'm in two minds about what to do with these these old paints I'd love them to go to a good home and I'm not really wanting to just stick them on eBay or that because like it's not like somebody's going to buy them for an absolute fortune anyway and um I just like the thought of them them being well used by someone that at least maybe listens to this show. So I don't know, I might I might think about doing like some wee giveaway or competition or something like that in the near future and uh, could give either some or all of these paints away and uh, be great to see them used by a, a decent painter as well and, and uh, get photos of the, the actual miniatures that result from it. So give me a shout if you have any suggestions, please. I'd really appreciate it. Uh, we did a competition before for, um, I was giving away some books. I think three people entered it. So um, it wasn't, uh, you know, people weren't kicking the door down for something like that. But maybe the podcast much bigger now. The stats would suggest otherwise, but uh, you never know, I suppose. Maybe, maybe there's like a room full of people who all listen on the same device. So, you know, there's like a thousand of them, but it counts as one download because that, that is possible. And entirely feasible, isn't it? Here's another wee musing that I had uh, recently that I wanted to bring up on the show. So we were at a, we were at a garden centre, me and the family, and uh, my daughter, she's at that age now where she wants to walk. She's just turned one, so you have to hold her hand and just walk about the place with her. So we ended up, it's a garden centre, but they had a, 
Did a really high-end tropical fish section. I suppose there's maybe some sort of crossover between gardens and fish. You know, maybe the plants or stuff like that. I don't know. I don't know why they had a fish bit. But we went in there and uh, bloody hell, like the the terrain, you know, when, you, when you're really into a tropical fish, like the terrain those guys have is immense. There was, um, it's all looked like resin, all pre-painted. You've got castles, you've got ruins. Uh, there was just some amazing stuff, like ancient Egyptian and Roman style stuff. And I was um, pretty blown away looking at it all. And it looks like the right scale as well, like sort of would fit in really well with 28mm, I reckon. Um, the only thing is, it's not like it's not like you're getting a bargain. Like they, they were actually pretty expensive as well. Like I think one of the ruins I was looking at was about, it was like £65 or something like that. So, but you know, like next time I'm in the market for some terrain, I can't rule that out. I might just, uh, in fact, I had a wee look on Amazon when I got home and they've got um, a lot of fish tank terrain in there as well. So I, I know that people, like it's, this isn't groundbreaking, like people have used fish tank terrain through the ages, especially for those kind of, um, the, the tropical jungle style 40k uh, settings that a lot of people do that you see, you know, the old style white dwarf um, dioramas or games taking place. So I know a lot of people have used like the wee planters and stuff that you get in fish tanks for that, but just wanted to to, to kind of let you in on that if you weren't aware of it already, that if you're in the market for some terrain that's ready just to, to pull out the box and stick straight on the tabletop, uh, get yourself some fish tank terrain. And if you've got a fish, I suppose, if you've got a tank of fish, you could just, you know, you could alternate. You could bring the terrain out, give it a wipe down, give it a dry, stick it on the table, have a wee game around it, pop it back in the fish tank. You could even invest heavily in tropical fish. It looks like, a, you know, I know our hobby could be expensive if you let it get out of hand, but when I was in that fish that fish bit, there's probably a better name for it than that, isn't there, like aquarium or that, I was in the fish bit, and uh, like the price of the, the fish and the tanks and stuff like that, so I suppose if you're an eccentric millionaire, you could get in, uh, you could get really into fish, and you could get really into this hobby, and you could kind of share some of the stuff between the two. Just an idea, you know, for any eccentric millionaires out there. Our question of the month for May 2024 is what rules have you created or adapted to improve your favourite gaming system? This might be a homebrew rule or something you've ported over from another game. The point is you tried it, it worked well and you kept on using it. Head on over to bedroombattlefields.com forward slash voicemail to submit your answer. That's bedroombattlefields.com forward slash voicemail. And now back to the show. I also, the weekend past there, time of recording, I managed to get up to Tabletop Scotland. So we did an episode about that a few months ago, Tabletop Scotland. Um, so it took place, like I say, just at the weekend past. And uh, we were up for a few hours, me and my wife. Um, things have been a bit funny for us recently. I'm going to talk about that at the end of the episode. But still wanted to get up there for sure, have a wander around. Um, spoke to some really cool folks at their, their stalls and stands. Uh, lots of good terrain on offer, by the way. You know, it's a, I mean, this is predominantly like a board game event, but 
did see a lot of a lot of stuff aimed at the the miniature collector, the miniature wargamer, um, specifically terrain. So I picked up a few business cards and leaflets and stuff like that, and I've got a few leads to follow up on, if that's the right term. I've got a few websites to look at, basically. Um, so it was a really good event. I wish we maybe could have done a bit more of it, and, uh, you know, certainly never managed to, like, sit down and have a game of anything, but um, it's just been the nature of the beast recently for us. But like I say, I'm going to... Uh, touch on that towards the end of the episode right i want to give a wee shout out to mark a friend of the show mark and former guest on the show as well because on the discord which i I talk about frequently at bedroombattlefields.com slash discord he'd put together like a wee google map thing where you could pin your um, location so obviously again that this podcast is very small it doesn't have very many listeners but i like to think that over time if you just add yourself to that you never know, like there might be might be somebody that um pops up that's pretty local to you and you can get some get some old school games set up or any sort of game to be honest, you know, just um someone of a similar age, a similar mindset. And uh yes, yeah, it's, it's a really good idea. So what you have to do, you have to go into the Discord first of all, bedroombattlefields.com slash Discord. And it's been really good in there lately. Uh people posting about games they've played and links to their own projects and just uh, pictures of what they've been painting and stuff like that as well. But you go into the, the gaming channel and then you click on pinned messages and you'll see that because obviously Discord um constantly scrolls down to the latest stuff. So um, but I, you, you click pinned messages and then you'll get a link to that wee map and you can go on there and you can put your um, put your wee pin on your house. You don't obviously put it right on your house like like he was saying. So some weirdo sees it and they for some reason want to come and kill you. I don't know why that would happen, but um, you could just pin it to the, the town that you live in if you like. It's funny because you look at you look at like Scotland and Britain and um, you know you think oh that guy's like 200 miles away or that and then you look at America and that's where you start dealing in thousands of miles it's funny what the the concept of local is over the Atlantic you know I hear people on other shows and they're like yeah my my mate he lives uh, he lives three hours away so he's local so you know I could just drive there in a day to us like over here three hours is unacceptable you know, if I've got a friend who lives any longer than like 45 minutes away, that's just out of the question for me. So it's all about size, I suppose, and perspective, isn't it? But uh, aye, so get into the Discord, bedroombattlefields.com slash Discord and have a wee look at that map too and just see if there's uh, see if there's anyone local to you. And I managed to check in on a few reviews that the show had picked up as well on various podcast listening apps and directories and stuff like that. Really appreciate anyone who's left us a review um, it's just really nice to see because you you hear a bit about that person themselves and why they maybe like the show, and it's just good to know that um, the content that I'm putting out is uh, is useful in some way or helpful in some way. But I seen a really good one. I want to thank the person who left the review on Podcast Addict because they described the show as I think it was ASMR for miniatures or the ASMR of miniatures or, or minis or something like that. Should have had it in front of me, but I, I thought that was really funny. Um, ASMR for anyone who's not familiar with it. Um, what is it again? Audio sensory something something. Basically, like your um, you like to listen to sort of I don't know people working away or like Bob Ross the the artist. People really like um, watching him painting and stuff like that. So. ASMR, it's a whole it's a whole world of its own. If you if you Google it, you'll find a lot about it. But uh, it's not anything weird. I mean, ostensibly anyway. I'm sure I'm sure there are weird aspects of it. But uh, 
Aye, I didn't mean to dwell on the world of ASMR there. I just thought it was a cool review. Alright then, just uh, coming towards the end of this episode and uh, yeah, it's been a it's been a light-hearted one, a few wee funny things that I wanted to talk about there but I just wanted to, to quickly put you in the picture that, you know, this has been a very, very difficult uh, few weeks for me and my family. Um, we tragically lost my little brother a few weeks ago and, and you know, horrendous circumstances and it's been a, a really gut-wrenching time for us all and we're, we're just trying to sort of slowly put the pieces back together. Um, there's still so much to, to deal with and to, to handle and stuff like that and it really is a horrible, horrible time for us. So that's kind of why, I mean, there's been a, a slight gap, I think, between this one and the last episode. I don't want to open with this because you've always got like new listeners tuning in and I don't want somebody to think that this is basically my own personal therapy session, but it's only fair to kind of um, put you in the picture about this because it might it might sort of slightly affect um, recordings for the just the foreseeable future. I'm obviously going to crack on as much as I can, but um, certainly with things like interviews and that as well, um, it's going to be tricky than how to, to sync up with other people and uh, I've certainly not got as much free time as I, as I maybe had um, just because there's a lot of other commitments that need looked at just now so uh, like I say not going to dwell on that either I, I just wanted to, to kind of put you in the picture and let you know where we are and um, yeah life goes on and we'll, we'll, we'll get through it together hopefully but uh, a horrible horrible time and um uh, pretty awkward with stuff like this but I just want to say as well that if you do struggle with your mental health if you've ever struggled with anything like that then please please do talk to someone please do reach out to someone there's always somebody there to listen to you you know including myself if, if you're ever feeling down if you've ever had pretty dark thoughts about life or anything like that then please there, there's always there's always a way out there's always somebody who'll listen to you and um yeah, I just, I just really hope that um, nobody else has to go through something like this, especially not, you know, anyone that's actually listening. So, uh, thanks for that. Yeah, that's a, not an easy wee thing to to have to say, but um, needed said, I suppose. Um, thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Tabletop Miniature Hobby Podcast. I am hoping to have something out in the near future again. I'll, I'll have more updates on my paint jobs. Hopefully be able to arrange a game with Robert again quite soon and get that Blood Moon scenario played, the Rangers of Shadow Deep one, if I could get the finger out and finish these all these wolves and these werewolves and stuff like that. And uh, obviously my new business as well, my uh, Warhammer-themed cafe that I'm going to be opening. Uh, and you're working there too, aren't you? So I, I'd love to hear from you about some of the stuff that you'd like to include on the menu as well. Let's just, um, let's just quickly reiterate what I had there. Um, we had cornflakes, we had cullen skink, blood bowl of soup, tomb king prawn, Norse scampi and chips, and empire biscuit. If I was more active on Twitter, I'd probably say, you know, tweet us yours, but um, I don't know, maybe join the Discord and put it in the Discord. You could tweet them too, I'll, I'll see them eventually, I'm just not, it's not something I look at uh, daily or even potentially weekly, but uh, we're on there, so I would see it eventually. Okay, thank you very much for listening. Um, good luck with whatever next podcast you've got queued up. I know you like those um, really aggressive list building competitive 40k ones, don't you? So enjoy whatever is in store and we'll speak again on the next episode. Bye.